give the King of Kings a big hand clap tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. We've got a special song coming up. And as it's coming, I want to invite all the children to come up. Pastor John's coming up. He's going to read the Christmas story to you. So any 12 and under, if you got some 16-year-olds that just want to sit on Pastor's lap or whatever, come on up. But I want to introduce our special music. This is one new member of my family, Dennis Kishoyd. And has anybody ever ran a marathon or a triathlon? Well, I went through a triathlon this year. All three of my daughters got married, and I survived. So I have three new sons, and this is one of them. So children, come up and sit down.
Well, everybody, look at me for one second. Can you say, Happy Birthday, Jesus? Happy Birthday, Jesus. Yeah, and that's what we're celebrating. How many get up real early on Christmas morning? Let me see your hand. Yeah, yeah. I used to get up really early when I was a little boy. Everybody listen now just a second. I'm going to tell you a funny story. One year, I, had a, I have a brother and a sister, and one year we had acted really bad. We were not nice to each other. And my mom told me, she said that if we didn't behave, Santa wasn't going to come see us. Well, you know what? We didn't believe her. And guess what happened on Christmas morning? We got, and there were no presents under the tree, and we got big tears in our eyes, and there was some switches and ashes. It's a true story. My mother's here somewhere. That's what happened to me. Where is my mother? What's wrong with me? Yeah, she's in the back there. But anyway, then she said, look in the closet, because I think Santa came anyway, and he did, and we were very happy. But the moral of that story is we need to be extra nice, right? All the time. Now, how many know in the real Christmas story when Jesus was born, how many know that there was no Santa Claus, there were no presents, there were no Christmas trees, but in the first Christmas, it was Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. Let me read you Jesus' story. Everybody listen now. It said, It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So everyone went to be registered. It was for taxation, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Everybody say Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Come on, say it real loud. Say Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David. He went to be registered with Mary, his wife, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was while they were there that the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now they were in the same country, shepherds. Everybody say shepherds. Shepherds. There were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were greatly afraid. And listen to what the angel said. The angel said, don't be afraid. Can you say that? Don't Don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Can you say Christ the Lord? Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it was when the angels had gone away from from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And that's the real Christmas story. Okay, one more thing before we go. I want you, when you wake up tomorrow, sometimes very early, I want you to say, Happy Birthday, Jesus. Can we practice? Happy Happy Birthday, Jesus. Okay. You can go back to your mom and dad, but don't run.
close your eyes tonight. Picture this with us. Let's sing it out one more time. All the saints and angels. Make some noise for the Lord tonight. Hey, well, uh, we just want to go ahead and invite you to sit down for just a moment. We want you to continue in this 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 climate of worship tonight. But as they they pass communion, um, I want to challenge you uh, just to kind of open up your heart, man. Just just get something from the Lord tonight. But as they pass the communion, we actually have a couple of special songs for you guys. We hope you enjoy. Took the fall for me and let me 
remember what you gave to give this gift, how much it cost to be the sacrifice we need. Your grace is still sufficient. Your blood is still
your baby boy when they walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? Your child that you me to be in your group. See, <laughs> that was good. Well, we're celebrating the greatest birth the world has ever known, the Savior of mankind. 700 years before he was born, the prophet Isaiah wrote these words. He said, the people who walked in darkness, all of us all around the world, have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death Upon them a light has shined. Isaiah went on to say, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, a baby, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I mean, you know, that's the cry of the whole world, waiting for the peace that only Christ can bring. 
It can't be brought by the treaties of man. It can't be bought through the force of government. But how many know the Prince of Peace will one day establish peace on this earth? What we're holding today in our hands represents the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some traditions call it the Lord's Supper, mindful of the fact that Jesus, when he ate the last meal with his disciples, he broke bread and he said, remember me. Others call it communion. It's a term of fellowship. Some call it the Eucharist. It's a special service with prayers and scripture reading. It all, remembers, it all means the same thing. It is a remembrance of what Christ has done, of what he wants to do today, and what he's promised to do tomorrow. We remember him today, and as we hold this cup in hand, we hearken back to the Old Testament. Moses, if you know the story, Moses is in Egypt, and the children of Israel have been enslaved for hundreds of years. And God sent a man of God. He sent a prophet. His name was Moses. Let my people go. But Pharaoh wouldn't do it. And finally, in the last plague, there was what was called the death angel. A lamb was sacrificed by every Jewish family. And that lamb, when it lost its life, blood was taken, and it was placed on the doorpost. Some believe in the sign of a cross. And when the death angel came to destroy the firstborn, Wherever there was blood, there was protection. It's interesting that a pure, innocent lamb brought protection in the land of Egypt. It's also interesting that when John the Baptist came on the scene, John the Baptist said these words, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And can I tell you, friend, there's nothing greater today as we receive communion than to know that God can forgive my sins, that God has a purpose for my life, my prayer is for you and for me and all those we love, families gathered here. My prayer is that we live a long and fruitful life. Yesterday, members of the Falk community, several lost their life on I-49 unexpectedly. I have a dear friend that lays in bed today waiting for death every day. It's one thing that's absolutely certain that death will come to all of us. If we have our health, if we have money, it's almost, it's a feeling that we don't need God. But can I tell you, friends, we do. All of us need a Savior. All of us need one to, that we can walk alongside through this life and the next. And it's because of that that Paul the Apostle wrote these words. He said, I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke that bread. And Jesus said this, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, Lord, as we take this bread in our hand today, we, as we bow our heads before you, it's a way to humble ourselves. And I pray that in some real measure that you would reveal to us the depth of the love that God has for us. For baby Jesus came to this earth for one purpose, and that was to give his life on a cross to pay for our sins so that on judgment day we would be forgiven and free. I pray, Lord, that you would reveal this at a deeper level the love that you have for us. Bless this bread. Bless all that are sick in body and soul. And let us be healed in Jesus' name. Let's eat the bread together. In the same manner, Jesus took the cup after supper. And mind you, he's in a room with a handful of men. And Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant or new promise in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup... You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Can you say until he comes? You see, Jesus, you've probably heard the phrase thousands of times, he died for our sins. 
Can I tell you, friend, there's no more real statement than that on this earth today, that Christ died to give me something that I couldn't earn on my own. There's not enough good works I can do to go to heaven, but if I will simply humble myself before the Christ who gave his life on a cross, asking for God's forgiveness, asking for God to give me a brand new start in life, Jesus promises to wash our sins away and give us the life we've always dreamed of. This cup reminds us of his blood that was shed for us so we could enjoy his forgiveness. I asked our church last week a question at the end of the message. I said, what will you give to Christ this Christmas? It's kind of interesting if when Santa comes as a little child, you, you have cookies, you have milk, and, uh, but we give presents to one another. But what do you give to Christ? And I suggest to you the greatest gift you can give to the Lord Jesus is simply your heart. If you don't know him, if tonight you would open your heart to God and say, Lord, I, I want to know you. I want to give you my life. I want to walk with you all my days. I, 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 I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I need, Lord, what only you can offer. But if you're a Christian, join me tonight and say, Lord, in a brand new way, I want to serve you as I go into this new year. I want to live for you each day. I want to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I want you to be proud of the way that I'm living. Lord Jesus, I love you. What a great gift to give to Jesus in this season of holy days. Because my friends, as we took this cup in hand just a minute ago, we said that we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. And the great news I've got, friend, is one day Jesus is coming back to this earth. The Bible says one day there'll be a trumpet sound and the dead in Christ will rise. And every cemetery across this great nation, every cemetery across the world, whether it holds an ornate headstone or whether it's just a, a simple wooden cross on the grave, those that have believed in Christ will rise from the dead. You that have lost loved ones in the past, my friends, if they walk with Christ, we can believe one day we'll be joined together with them and spend eternity in a real place called heaven. My friend, this is not a fable. This is not a fairy tale. This is the reality of the good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift your cup to heaven with me. Lord Jesus, we humbly ask you today that you would wash us afresh and cleanse us. Lord, that you would make us as white as snow. We acknowledge our sins before you. And Lord, as best we know how this evening, we commit our lives afresh to you. We give you our heart in this Christmas season, and we welcome you. May we be found faithful, living for you on the day of your return. Bless this cup today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's drink together. Amen. We just want to take a moment and want you to kind of think as Pastor John kind of brought up that question and I want to kind of add to it you know if you died today are you 100% sure that you'd go to heaven because the thing about Christmas what it's about first of all it's about a father that loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so we could have relationship with him see I grew up in a church and I had all the head knowledge but what I rec what I was experiencing was religion religion is man's best effort to reach God what we're talking about tonight is the opportunity to have a relationship and I did that almost at the age of 30 when somebody asked me that question, and I wasn't sure if I'd go to heaven or hell. And so I want you to listen as we just got a testimony or two about changed lives. This is one of our church members, Joe Williams. If you just share a little bit just how God changed your life. I mean, knowing your daily Bible readings this week, it said we read, and, he, and we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. Amen. My testimony briefly is that I, I was raised in church, and I... I, I knew about God, but I didn't know God. And I, I went to church regularly, 
I heard the stories and everything. But at age 16, I, I was in rebellion, and I, I, I got my girlfriend pregnant at 16, enlisted in the military, and, and uh, trying to be a, a grown-up when I was still a child. Uh, but through a couple of years later, I, my, my marriage failed. I failed as a husband. I failed as a father. I failed in life in general, and I turned to drugs. And uh, I spent probably the next 10 years, you know, doing drugs, mostly marijuana. And about the end of the last three months of it, I, I, it, it, I went to something heavier, cocaine and crystal meth. And uh, so if anybody tells you that pot is not, pot won't, it's not, it's not good, it's not bad for you, it is a gateway drug. It does lead to other things eventually. So, but anyway, I, I you know, I think about the scripture that says, um, my mind just went back. I think about, I think about the, the things that the enemy meant for harm, God can turn around for the good. And the very thing at the end of, the, of that that meant to kill me, God turned it around for It actually drove me to the Lord because it was more than I can handle. And I can tell you today that I've been clean and straight for about 33 years. And, but the good news is, that the, the, the failed husband and the failed marriage and the failed father, God blessed me with a beautiful wife. I have three lovely children, and uh, he's a God of restoration. Amen? He's a savior. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's whatever you need him to be. So don't leave here tonight and not know Jesus. Amen? I have one more. I want Terry Anderson to come up. and This is a man over our Celebrate Recovery ministry. On Friday nights. Hey everybody, uh, I didn't know God. I, uh, only thing I remember about going to church when I was little was the preacher telling everybody they're going to hell. So you know, I didn't, I didn't never know God. And all I did all my life was get high. You know, I ended up being a junkie. I ended up being a drug dealer. And uh, I went to jail in 1999. And a man coming there and laid my hands on, or laid his hands on me and prayed for me. And I've never been the same since. I come out of jail a different person. And I, I have a new want to. You know, I, I want to serve my God. I want to I want to love people. I want to be part of the body. I want to see people come to know Christ. And I want to see people that are uh, hung up in uh, stronghold and bondage of addiction. There's freedom. There's freedom in Christ. And just like I said, just come to Him and let Him do it. And just let him do it because he's for you and not against you. And he loves you. He loves you with everything more than we'll ever know. And I just give him all the glory. Thank you, Terry. We literally have hundreds of people that come up here and share a testimony. And some, one of the greatest testimonies is that the keeping power of God. When they committed their lives as young children, some of my children, Pastor John's, that have just stayed, you know, in the church and with the Lord and have a relationship with him. But as we think about Christmas, we're going into a new year. And when I was young, it seemed like Christmas would never get here, isn't it? But after 60 Christmases, they start going really fast. And it's like, well, I'm going to be up here in just a day or two for next Christmas. That's what it seemed like. But it ought to be a reminder that life is short. And when this is all over, I want you to think about this a minute. All God is going to have to show for is family. Family. His sons and his daughters. And you know, everyone is God's creation, but not everybody is a child of God. Because it says in first in John chapter or 
First chapter 1, verse 12, as many as received him, to them he gives them power to become children of God. If you want to be a child of God, you have to receive him into your heart. And in our Bible reading guide this week, we read uh, Luke 15. And as I say that, I want to encourage you, read your Bible. Make a commitment this next year to read your Bible. we got a Bible guide right in the chair ahead of you. Read a couple chapters a day. You can go online to our website. You can go get our phone app and get the Bible guide every day or, you know, watch the messages online. But in Luke 15, there was three stories about things that were lost. There was a lost sheep, there was a lost coin, and there was a lost son. And some of you are here tonight, and you might be lost. In other words, you can't answer that question with certainty. If I died, would I go to heaven? You're like me. When they asked that, I thought, well, maybe I do more good than bad. Maybe I can talk my way in. You know, I just really didn't know. And the man shared four things, just four simple things that changed my life. He said, number one, God has a plan for you, and he loves you. He has a plan for you, and he loves you. And number two is that, that fact, again, that he has a plan, that he loves me, number one. Number two, that he has a plan. And number three, that he sent his son to die on the cross for me, to forgive me of my sins. I knew that through Sunday school. But the fourth thing I had never been challenged with and I never heard before, he said, you must individually invite him into your life. I was kind of waiting for the audible voice out of the sky, you know, and a bolt of lightning that was time to serve him. But I just realized that day it came to a choice. I had to choose to invite him in after hearing some testimonies like this. And I made a choice that day, and I opened up my heart, and I said, Jesus, I want you to come in and change me. I'm tired of doing it my way, trusting in myself, and following the crowd. I want to follow you. And, you know, even at that point, there was no bolt of lightning, and there was no angels come out of the sky to give me high fives, no supernatural thing. But I began to have a peace in my life that I never experienced before. And I'm telling you, God changed my life, just like he did these other men. And so those three stories in that 15th chapter of Luke. First, there was a lost sheep. Some of us get lost just because, you know, sheep just don't know any better. All of a sudden, they're walking around. They end up in the wrong path. There's some people here tonight. You don't know how you got where you are You are right now. You just were kind of going to church, and all of a sudden, you're just in this place that, how did I get here? And the lie of the enemy is that you can't get out of that spot. I'm telling you, God can pick you up from anywhere. And the other thing, the lost coin, after both of those stories, it says, the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner comes to know God. Just like they, the, the shepherd got excited when he found, he left the 99, found that one sheep, put it over his shoulders, carried it back, called his neighbors and friends, and they all rejoiced. And that's where it says the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner. Just like the lady who lost the coin. And lastly, was the son that on his own decided to go get lost. He said, I want my inheritance from you, Dad. And, I'm, and he went off and spent it. And he just made a mess of his life so much, he was trying to eat with the pigs to find some food. He came to himself. He came back. And guess what the picture is with that father? Most of you that come to church know. We had a father that was waiting for that son to come back. A father that ran to that son when he did come back. And a father that held a party for him when he come back home. And I'm telling you, the greatest thing, like Pastor John, my pastor, and pastor of all of us, said the greatest gift you can give God this Christmas is your heart. I was holding on to my heart. I want to do things my way. But I'm telling you, there's a great freedom you can have. There's a great peace you can have that'll pass all understanding when you invite the Prince of Peace into your heart. So I'm going to give you, do something very bold. Because you know what? What Jesus did on that cross was pretty bold. You know what? I heard people say, well, that religion is just a private thing. What Jesus did when they stripped him down, beat him till literally his organs were exposed with a cat of nine tail, nailed him to a cross nearly naked, that was a pretty public thing, wasn't it? And why did he do that? Because he loved you so much. 
He loves you so much. If you're the only one here tonight, this service would have went on for you because he loves you that much. And so I'm going to count to three. And if you're not right with God, if you've never invited him to your heart or you've gotten totally off track and you're lost and you want to come home tonight, you want the Father to, to stand up and come running to you tonight, I'm just going to simply ask you to raise your hand and we're going to say a prayer where you're at. So on the count of three, if you want to get right with God, just lift your hand up. One, two, three. See your hand and your young man, young daughter, older, older. Hold them up and be proud here. Amen. I'm proud of you, all of you, holding your hands up. I don't want you to forget this moment at all, all over the place, in the back and everywhere, right up here. Amen. Let's all as a church say this prayer together. And it's just, it's not so much the words. You're just giving God permission to come and live on the inside. See, religion tries to change from the outside in. You get Jesus on the inside, it'll change you from the inside out. It really will. And one last thing, because there's some people here that you needed to lift your hands, and you're thinking, well, when I get right, I'll get God. You can't get right to get God. you got to get God to get right. you just got to get Him in there. You can't clean up your mess. No use inviting the maid to clean up the house. You first invite Him over. Just have, invite Him over and let Him clean the house up. Amen? Let's say this prayer together loud so everybody can hear it. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I give you permission. I invite you to come into my life, to change me. Help me to turn away from sin and follow you. I commit my heart and my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him a hand clap. Amen. Before we sing Silent Night, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. Just to help you see, not to help us or anybody here, but to help you. I want you to remember this day. December 24th, 2015. You know, a guy wrote that in this little book he gave me, April 14th, 1984. He said, you look back on that date, you'll see a change in your life. And I say, thank God, I see a change in my life. But I want you to remember this day. But I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet if you really meant that and you're not ashamed of Jesus. Because I tell you, when you stand up, all of heaven will stand up for you. And how many, just raise your hand, have said this prayer before and you've come to an altar and publicly confessed Jesus as Lord. And there's a lot of people, you're in good company. We just want to give you a round of applause. We just want to declare uh, just blessings over your life. So if you said that prayer a minute and it was one of you that raised your hand for the first time or come back to God, would you stand to your feet so we can give you a round of applause? Look all over. I want them to see. God bless you. Amen. Children, adults, you remember this day. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. So we're going to stand to our feet. We're going to sing Silent Night. And kids, this is a chance you get to break your glow sticks. You uh, 40 and 50-year-old kids and shake them a little bit. And they'll turn down the lights. But I want one other thing. And that's if you want to. Before you go, if you said that prayer, I'm going to be over at that cross at the end of the service. We just got some information we want to give you. If you need a Bible, anything like that, we want to give you something to help you uh, walk this walk. And also, this is a replacement of our midweek service. So some of our regular church members, if you have an offering, there's boxes at the back of the, the church. There'll be some ushers at the back and our debit machines. If you'd like to give a special offering to our building campaign before the year's over, but that's mainly for our church members. Anybody excited for Christmas, kids? Amen. Amen. Let's stand on our feet and let's sing together. Holy night Oh
Amen. How about one hand clap for Jesus before we go? Amen. Hallelujah. Let me just pray a blessing over you. Father, we want to thank you for this awesome time to be together as family and this chance to celebrate the birth of Christ. And but Lord, we thank you. He didn't remain in that manger. But Lord, he came and he died for us, but he didn't remain in that on that cross or in that tomb, but he rose again. He's alive right now. And we give you glory. Let us not forget that tomorrow. Let not our children forget that. So we just declare blessings and peace, everybody. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Amen. Those that came to the altar, I'll be over at the cross and a few uh, other church members. If you want any prayer, we'll pray with you. And I got a little bag for you for those that raised your hand. God bless you. Oh,